I travel. It's time for the Don Crow Show, right here from the WAVAFM Passport Auto Group Studios. Now, the Don Crow Show. The Don Crow Show is brought to you in part by Passport Auto Group Stores. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, I highly recommend that you go to PassportAuto.com and find Passport's nearest dealership to where you live. And what a great selection to choose from. BMW, Infiniti, Nissan, Toyota, Mazda, Mini. And right now, Passport also has over 1,000 certified pre-owned vehicles you may want to consider as well. Again, find your nearest dealership at the website PassportAuto.com. Hey, how you doing, folks? Hello there, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Don Crow Show. Every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7. Yeah, I used to say 4 to 7 for a long time. It's now 4 to 6 each afternoon, two hours every day, Monday through Friday. We get to talk about stuff going on in the world. I call them matters that matter. And as always, delight these days to be able to share some time with the Bill Bunkley Show audience on Faith Talk 570 AM. 9, 10 a.m. and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to you, uh, you good folks down there as well. Well, we have some stuff to get to today. And as a matter of fact, Josh Bleeker and Amy Zaccaroli will be here in just a few minutes to give you here in the WAVA listening area an invitation to their next Seminary Snapshot Day at Dallas Theological Seminary's D.C. campus. Coming up Saturday, August the 4th, we'll have all the details for you in just a few minutes. Cliff May, president of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, foreign desk correspondent for The Washington Times, will join me a little later this hour to talk about the Trump administration's growing pressure on Iran and North Korea of course, in efforts to get them to totally abandon their nuclear plans, abandon their nuclear plans, and how much pressure is going to be enough, if any. As well, uh, Cliff will give us his own take on the president's upcoming summit meeting with North, North Korea's Kim Jong Un, as you know, just uh, now a few hours away, actually, in getting underway in Singapore. Next hour. Luanne Sabatier joins me from the 21st Century Wilberforce Initiative. We're going to talk about a very poignant and painful case. My goodness, one of so many of a young Chibok, Nigeria girl. Chibok's a a city in, I believe, Borno State in Nigeria, where uh, some four years ago, a number of girls were kidnapped. Some have uh, found their way back home one way or another, but this girl has not. It's been four years since she was kidnapped. She's still missing, and today just happens to be her 20th birthday. So we're going to talk with Luann about that very important case. Matt Staver from Liberty Council also will be here to talk about a couple of very important issues. One, some positive news for a change. I'm sure you're uh, ready for that sort of thing. He's going to talk to us about Alabama Supreme Court Justice uh, Tom Parker and his victory in the courts over the SPLC that loathsome Southern Poverty Law Center. And it's caused so much uh, grief for a lot of people who don't deserve it. Uh, But we'll get to that and more with uh, Matt. And also another bill in California, where else, 
this one uh, that's being considered by the California Assembly would in fact be an outright assault on foster children in the state of California. And as we often say, too often what happens in California ends up spreading across the country for good or ill. So we'll get to those stories and more as uh, the afternoon unfolds. Now, this is not, oh, by the way, speaking of uh, Singapore, uh, this is an AP story out of Singapore, a Kim Jong-un lookalike was was detained and questioned upon arrival in Singapore Singapore on Friday. And, of course, uh, the Hong Kong-based impersonator who uses the name Howard X uh, is in the city-state for summit-related promotions. I mean, look, we look, we have our Elvis impersonators by the hundreds, if not thousands, in in this country. So what's the problem with uh, a, a North Korean dictator lookalike, right? And according to uh, at least a little bit of pictures I'm seeing here, he, he has a fair likeness. Uh, he said uh, the police officers uh, who stopped him at... Uh, Singapore's Shanghai Airport uh, searched his bag, questioned him for about two hours before <laughs> before letting him go, and then they also told him uh, he was to stay away from the Sentosa Island and Shangri-La Hotel. You are not welcome there, they said. Uh, Kim and Trump, of course, meeting uh, at the Capella Hotel on that island, and Trump himself expected to stay at the Shangri-La during his visit. Uh, the impersonator, his real name is Lee Howard Ho One, uh, said, police, uh, "Police ask if, hey, have you been involved in any protests around the world, including those uh, by pro-democracy uh, activists in Hong Kong?" Said he told them he had been at the scene in Hong Kong demonstrations as a musician, playing the drums. However, he says, "quote I never rioted, and I don't plan to ever riot." I told him, the police officer, that I would never do this in Singapore because it's against your rules to protest. Well, he's a wise man. Uh, Apparently, according to uh, Singapore's Immigration and Checkpoints Authority, he was interviewed for about 45 minutes. And the authority said as part of the immigration clearance process, travelers to Singapore may be subject to additional interviews and or screening procedures all conducted at Singapore's checkpoints. So there you go. And uh, I don't have time uh, really to read in depth the story that I know would keep you on the edge of your seat with bated breath for hours. <laughs> Penka the Bulgarian cow escapes the death sentence after international outcry. Sofia, Bulgaria. Bulgaria agreed today to spare the life of Penka the cow after plans to kill her for crossing the EU borders without paperwork. Triggering an international outcry, however, I'm sure PETA at the front lines, right? Panka wandered away from her herd near one of the Bulgarian visitors on the, uh, I should say, villages on the border last month and walked out of the block into neighboring Serbia. And when she was returned two weeks later, authorities said she would have to be put down as she had violated guidelines under which animals entering the European Union have to have papers verifying their health. So i tell you what, in today's travel world, if you don't have your papers, cow or whatever, you are in serious danger of uh, even death itself, apparently. Hey, we have a lot more to... 
talk about this much more serious. Stay with us. Bill Carl here with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Thank you for joining us for just a few moments as we share more opportunities for you to save lives through Save the Children. When you call 888-884-4836 and make your gift of $60, you save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. You can also click the Save the Children link at letstalkfaith.com to make that gift. And what are we talking about, really? Well, Save the Children, around for over 100 years, has been working in East Africa among famine victims. And they provide, uh, it's kind of a funny name, they provide this ready-to-use therapeutic food called Plumpy Nut. It's peanut-based. It's kind of based on Nutella. And it really does bring kids back from the brink of death. Again, your $60 provides enough Plumpy Nut and medicine to save a child who's starving. And Scott, I know that you've been there in Ethiopia and seen the miracle uh, of Plumpy Nut, seen the miracle of these kids Take us inside that a little. It is to nutrition what penicillin was to medicine. And that's not just me. I mean, 60 Minutes talked about it as a miracle. And I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes very much, but they don't use the word miracle very often. Uh, It brings kids back, children back, babies back from the brink of uh, death. I mean, they're right on the doorstep. I mean, they they are the child you're thinking of right now. The child with uh, appears to be a skeleton uh, with skin draped over it. I mean, it, it really is stark. To see when you see a mom holding her twin boys that are three months old and she says, I can no longer even nurse my kids. I don't have enough food for myself and uh, mother's milk is the only way my kids uh, can survive. And they're suffering from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, today, we have a chance to, to be the safety net. We have a chance to be um, come together and do this thing uh, that really is ours to do. So, I mean, we, you've been fortunate, blessed, lucky, whatever word you use. Um, to be where you are, to live where you live. Not, not just to be born where you've been born, but to be born when you've been born. And we're so thankful to be in a position to be able to do good for others, not to have to rely on the government and other agencies to make this happen. Save the Children is a nonprofit that I know personally at our house, Missy and I give to every year, and we want to encourage you to as well. In fact, Save the Children works here in the United States of America. I spent a good chunk of time last fall in Uh, Rural Tennessee among Save the Children uh, folks who have been blessed through this ministry. And I hope you'll step in right now. Again, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We're counting down 105 kids to go. Would you call right now? 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith. And I'll tell you this as well. We've had a generous donor step forward who over the next month has said, look, for every gift that your listeners make to save the children, I'll double it. So if you make that gift of $60, it becomes $120, so on and so forth. And maybe right now you'd say, Bill Scott, I'll do a leadership gift of $600. That would take care of 10 children saving their lives. And with those matching dollars, would add another 10 children to the list of those who've been impacted through Save the Children and through your kindness. So again, I would encourage you to go to the phone right now. Here's the number, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or again, click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Together, we can save lives with Save the Children. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. 
I'm Bill Carl, and today's guest host on The Bill Bunkley Show, Don Crow, returns in a moment. You know, if you're like me, you have a lot of apps on your phone you just don't use anymore, why not delete one of them and make room for the Faith Talk app? It's free for your Apple or Android device, and it allows you to take Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1 with you wherever you go. Download the Faith Talk app today. We are here to give you strength between Sundays. C.S. Lewis's pride is like a cancer that will rob you even of common sense. The more we have it in ourselves, the more we dislike it or despise it in others. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. The Don Crow Show on WAVA. Also happy to share the day with the Bill Bunkley Show audience on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. On Saturday, August 4th, Dallas Theological Seminary, D.C. is going to be offering another what they call Seminary Snapshot Day at their campus in Manassas, Virginia. Here in studio with me to tell you about the event, give you their own personal invitation. Uh, Josh Bleeker, Dean of DTSDC, and Amy Zaccaroli, who's the lead campus advisor for that uh, uh, campus as well. Uh, Josh, my friend, welcome back. It's been a while since you and I have chatted, but good to see you. Good to see you, Don. Thank you so much for having us back. It's a privilege, and uh, we love DTS, and we love DTSDC especially. And Amy, it's great to meet you as well. Thank you. Nice to be here, Don. Now, I'm going to start, if I may, with you, Amy, by uh, uh, asking you uh, what brought you to this area. I found out just before we opened the mics that you're at home here in this area. That's correct. I was born and raised here. But what brings me to DTS is that my husband, Alec, has been a lawyer for the last 20 years, and he was recently called into ministry and felt a need for deeper training. So he joined, he started his DTS studies a few years ago. Then I started. Now I'm on staff as the lead campus advisor, as you said. So God definitely has us on a wild ride. (laughs) Yes, he tends to do that to us. Tell us uh, for uh, certainly, uh, I don't know, what does lead campus advisor do? What's uh, actually involved with that task? A campus advisor walks students through the application process, the admissions process, and registering for classes, and also throughout their whole degree program. Now, uh, what excites you the most? Now, you're fairly new to the campus, obviously, and I love the way you came in kind of not the back door but the side door as uh, students, you and your husband. Uh, Having now been there a while as students but also now on staff, what are some of the things that impress you about DTSDC? I love DTSDC, but what I'm most excited about is in this fall we are launching the second cohort of the MA in Biblical Counseling. That is the degree that I'm also pursuing Um, it's amazing to see how fast this program has grown. It's really moving along. Well, Josh, I could see it when you came in, and certainly uh, when you stepped in the studios, your excitement level has not abated since the first time I met you. It has not. And as a matter of fact, I'd say it's ratcheted up a few notches. Am I right? And congratulations to your deanship, if that's the proper word. I think so, and that just sounds fun. It sounds like something out of Star Wars. <laughs> Talk to us about what's been happening over the years. And you've seen this from almost day one, if right. I remember rightly, and the growth of this remarkable campus. What, uh, wh- how do you assess it after a few years of being here 
and working it uh, as yeah. you have? I would say when we opened in 2010, we had no idea that something like this would occur. We watched it for a few years, and then when the seminary installed staff out here and faculty and staff, and we saw, if I can use the word, the enrollment exploded. It has been record-breaking enrollment for basically three years going. And now we've got students coming from all over the mid-Atlantic, from New Jersey and Ohio all the way down, for, you know, as far south as Georgia. They're coming all the way for classes. That's incredible. It really is. Well, that's a testament itself to DTS and to you uh, heading this thing up together with some other of your staff. Who, who are some of your staff that are there now? Well, certainly, you've met Amy today, and then we have two full-time residential faculty, Dr. Ben Simpson with met New Testament. Fact, yes. I just saw him recently. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, I was just speaking with him on the phone. He said, say hello to Dawn. Well, so he's, return it, please. Return I will. Greetings. I will. And then also uh, Dr. Michelle Woody, uh-huh. who teaches yeah. biblical counseling. She's been here, I believe, in the past also. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And then we have uh, a campus advisor, John Lee. And Lord willing, we may add to that as we certainly added students, and we need help. <laughs> now, it's, uh, I've been reading here, you say it's not uncommon to have a Greek class, a women's ministry class, and a preaching class all happening at the same time. That's true. <laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, yet, that's fairly new. That uh, is not something you imagined a few uh, months or years ago, right? Yeah, when we, when we started, we offered the core Bible theology courses to get the programs moving. And then we were able to augment that with some educational ministries and leadership courses that were just a little bit beyond the core, but certainly core to most of the programs. Now we're regularly offering electives and some of those highly specialized courses. And they're, they're making, they're filling up. In fact, even the first preaching class had a waiting list for the upcoming semester and the semester after that. <laughs> so wow. it's really fun to watch it happen. Now, I suspect uh, now the feeling on the campus is probably much different than it was in those early days. It probably, I'm guessing, probably felt more like a commuting class, people in and out. But now it, mm-hmm. is there more substantive sense of uh, everybody's here at the same time kind of thing? What's the campus like now? It is. The, the, what the campus is like now is it's very loud, Don. It's yeah. very, very loud. <laughs> so on any given Saturday or other days when we have three, four classes running simultaneously, when all the classes take a break at the same time, which often happens, and they come out to the, the main area where the water and the coffee are, of course, the elixirs of life, right? Absolutely. And there will be 30 people in there with staff and faculty and it becomes so loud with the joy of the Lord. It is fantastic to see. It's truly a community. These people are in relationship, even though they could live five hours apart. What are some of the things, and you've said this before, but we have new listeners all the time and folks who haven't been here uh, on with us other times you visited. What are some of the distinctives of uh, DTS that make it really stand out? DTS offers, covers 66, all 66 books of the Bible in our professional degrees, even in our online classes. Um, We fly our professors here from Dallas, so they are teaching in our D.C. campus classes. You are definitely getting the real deal classroom experience. And, in fact, we now also have residential faculty. 
That's pretty impressive because uh, it'd be one thing to be able to fly to Dallas and sit under their teaching there, right. but from day one, you've pretty much done this. You brought them here, right? Right. That's That's been our heart and vision is that we believed and do believe that it is a seminary's responsibility to what we say is wash the feet of the bride. We exist to serve the local church, and so it is our responsibility to extend ourselves and to come to where students are and offer them the resources that the Lord has given us. And so uh, the professors do this joyfully. They love coming to D.C. and to work with the students, and then they fly back to Texas where it's 100 degrees, and we laugh at them. (laughs) And you have two in residence now, however. You did not originally, as I recall, right? That's that's right. And and, uh, Amy, you mentioned those. I did, and so you're actually studying under one of them. Dr. Michelle Woody, she's Mm -hmm. the Associate Professor of Biblical Counseling. We are completely honored to have her living here now. She was in Dallas before. So now she's living here, and she is establishing the biblical counseling program and teaching classes on campus as well. I would think that has a sort of a psychological impact on the students to know that this professor has not only just got off and just gotten off the airplane and will be leaving shortly, but is actually now here part of the local family, so to speak. How about uh, the folks who say, look, I love this every time you talk about it, I think about it, but, man, I've got so much going on in my own life. Uh, I don't know how I could fit this in. I'm not sure how I could get there on a weeknight or even on a consistent basis every week. What do you say to those people? What I would say to them is, I feel your pain. (laughs) So the first time I visited D.C., and you've heard me say this, Don, I landed at Reagan on Friday at about 3 p.m., got a rental car, and then jumped onto I-66 and headed west. Now all of your listeners are laughing and thinking, what a fool. And that's what we realized very early on is that the commute uh, out west in that direction can be so challenging that we had to change how we thought about it. So a typical class only requires that a student come to campus three Saturdays total out of a 15-week semester. So that's why we do have people driving from as far as New Jersey or Ohio because they can come on a Saturday and still usually get home that same night. So it's not a typical format where you would have to be there every week or even every other week. You typically are not there on weekdays. And you're saying you can still get the same amount of work done. That's right. We've built hybrid courses, so they're, in a sense, 50% online, 50% residential And uh, that allows us to offer full Master of Arts and the Master of Theology program. Let's talk before we lose time completely here. uh, Let's talk about what's coming up on August the 4th. For folks uh, who are saying, well, I want to know about that uh, snapshot, seminary snapshot. I love that idea. Uh, Take it. Give us the uh, picture, so to speak. Sure. If you come to campus on Saturday, August 4th, you can sit in on a class. You can meet staff and faculty. You can get all your questions answered about seminary. And we will waive your application fee as well if you visit. That will be from 9.30 to noon that Saturday. You can find out all the registration information at www.dts.edu. So if uh, someone says, yeah, I want to come, but I can't make it that August 4th, what should they do? That is perfectly fine. Just contact us, and we'd be happy to schedule an individual visit. Now, one more thing. You've always had, or I know for some time, you've had this $1,000 new student scholarship. Uh, Is that still in place? 
You better believe it. We'd love to give it away. How's that work? All you have to do is apply, be admitted, and if you enroll in one D.C. campus class, it is automatically applied to your account. Now, that wouldn't be bad, folks, huh? If you have a lot more questions than we've had time to answer, uh, I'm sure this would be one way in which you can get it answered. Go to August 4th, but you may not want to wait till August 4th. So what should they do? Yeah, and they call you, or what should they do? Yeah, definitely go to dts.edu slash dc. Our contact information is there, and the sooner we hear from you, the sooner we can help. Good to have you here, Josh. Nice to, nice to meet you, Amy, and have you here as well. Thank you. You too, Don. Thanks, Don. Again, it's Seminary Snapshot Day, Saturday, August 4th, Dallas Theological Seminary, D.C., and uh, the website is dts.edu forward slash dc dts.edu forward slash dc. Stay with us, folks. We have more. I'm Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Imagine a child so weakened from malnutrition, so near the brink of death with starvation, that they cannot cry out for their mother's milk. They cannot turn their head to receive food. They cannot even move, uh, that their body literally is shutting down from hunger. That's really what's happening in so many parts of the world. And thank God for Save the Children stepping in, providing ready-to-use therapeutic food and medicines for these children. Uh, You can be a part of that right now. You call 888-884-4836. Your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, Scott Wilder joins us from Save the Children. Scott, we've talked about the before. Tell us a little bit about the after, after these kids receive this life-giving treatment. Uh, the, the after is light, and it's life, and it's a plump child, a happy child, a healthy child, like every child should be. I mean, that, that is what your money does today. And I know it's easy for stuff to wash over us. There's stuff that happens here in the news, and it washes over me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to shake myself to sort of shake me to wake me. Again, and, and I don't want this to ever wash over us. We, we are really talking about life and death. We're talking about a child that before, as we talked about, the child is uh, almost skeletal remains, no light, no life in her eyes, uh, can't hold her head up from her mother's arms because her neck is so weak. Uh, as you said yesterday, rightly, uh, does not have the energy even to make noise, to cry. Cry would be a step up mm-hmm. because it would mean energy. And so today, you know, the after, the plumpy nut, uh, is, is a life changer. It is a life saver. And that's what you're doing today when you call the number. You're providing life to a child who otherwise, and when you say child, it really is largely children under the age of two. Uh, you know, the, the first big hurdle in that part of the world is a healthy birth. Mm-hmm. And lots of babies die in childbirth. I remember being on the road with a guy who was an interpreter. And he's an educated guy. He's been to college, been to university, uh, worked for the, for the uh, consulate there and was an interpreter, and we was talking to him over at a dinner uh, about his life and his family. I said, tell me about how you grew up, and he was talking to me about it. And he said, my mother had eight kids, and so he goes on to talk. And I said, wow, I said, you grew up with eight kids in your family. He said, no, I grew up with four kids in my family. Three of them died in childbirth, and one died of malnutrition before the age of two. Isn't it interesting, the things that we assume? You know, we are so blessed here in the United States of America that for a family near us to lose a child, it is a tragedy that many of us cannot even comprehend. And yet it is the day in and day out for so many of these children in places like Ethiopia, which is still trying to recover 
from the effects of a historic drought that uh, caused so much devastation, so much starvation, and so much pain. Your gift right now of $60 to save the children provides ready-to-use therapeutic food, plumping nut, for one of these children, literally bringing them back from the brink of death due to severe acute malnutrition. So far, we've saved 45 kids. We have 105 more we'd like to speak to, and right now, every dollar you give is doubled through the generous matching gift of a donor uh, who said, I'll step up, I'll match these gifts. So this really is the time to call. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. You can also help by clicking the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Let's make that gift today. Let's save a life today. You can do it by joining us and Scott Wilder and our friends at Save the Children. 888-884-4836. We are here to give you strength between Sundays. The author of the book of Hebrews said, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, exhorting one another. Be accountable to somebody. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Today's guest host for The Bill Bunkley Show, Don Crow, returns in a moment. I'm Bill Carl, and you know the Holy Land is not the only place that you can find inspiration in your travels. July 31st through August 12th, join the Reformation Tour and River Cruise with Alistair Begg. You can stand before the doors of the Wittenberg Church, where Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses. Details at letstalkfaith.com. Hey, do you have a plumbing, heating, air conditioning, or maybe an electrical problem? Problem solved when you go to AactionHomeServices.com or call them at 703-922-1900. That's 703-922-1900. want to welcome the listeners to the Bill Bunkley Show today on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. Of course, along with all of you listening here on WABA 105.1 FM. In his recent column at the Washington Times, my guest this hour says, it's a simple question to ask, but it has not been a simple question to answer. Do we have a vital national interest in preventing our self-declared enemies from acquiring deliverable nuclear weapons? He also writes that President Obama's approach to both Iran and North Korea was that uh, while defensible only if you subscribe to the theory that despots inevitably moderate over time and that such moderation can be accelerated by showing them respect and addressing their grievances. Whereas, as he points out, (laughs) President Trump appears to be taking a different approach. Joining us to talk more about that and also about the historic North Korean summit just uh, ready to get underway, Cliff May president of the Foundation for Defensive Democracies and the Foreign Desk columnist for the Washington Times. Cliff, welcome and start, uh, if you would, by elaborating on uh, your point being made that during the Obama administration and perhaps previous administrations, uh, policies uh, were uh, seemingly framed in the uh, hopes that, uh, well, the uh, the miscreants would behave themselves and eventually uh, come around. What do you think? Yeah, we've had a problem with North Korea for a very long time. The problem has become a crisis, and the reason it's become a crisis is because past presidents either did nothing about North Korea. That would describe the Obama administration. His policy was called strategic patience. That means waiting, hoping things get better, hoping the snow melts rather than shoveling it. 
Um, or they did things that, 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 that failed. The most important probably was 1994 when President Clinton uh, concluded what was called the Agreed Framework uh, with North Korea, and he announced, I've solved the problem. North Korea won't have nuclear weapons. Um, we've got a deal, uh, very much like I would say President Obama with the Iran deal. President, in fact, some of the same negotiators were involved in both. He said, we've solved this problem, but it wasn't solved at all. Of course, North Korea went on to build nuclear weapons and to violate the agreement and to get wonderful and generous rewards from the United States and the international community despite that. And despite everything else he was doing, and we can talk about that, but he was also doing horrendous things to his own people. Well, on uh, you know, history uh, gives us things we have to live with and try to overcome, and sometimes they are irreparable, other times not. This president certainly has been doing, I think, a stellar job of reversing some of the very serious matters of uh, the Obama years. But what is it about a, a political leadership philosophy that uses such phrases as uh, strategic patience, for example, as you just cited, or leading from behind, or even the JV team talking about ISIS? The, the most generous way I can say it is this. Uh, the, the Obama administration was an experiment. Uh, he tried very different things. He wanted to see if, uh, again, showing respect and addressing grievances would moderate uh, a regime such as that in, in Iran. Uh, he tried to reset relations uh, with uh, with Russia. It was based on the idea that there, was, there were no real problems between the, those ruling Russia and those leading in the U.S., except those that George Bush had, had perhaps made. All this could be corrected by showing a little respect and a little bit of humility. I think that experiment has been run. And I think we now know the answer. And the answer is that, no, that doesn't work. And no, we can't depend on the arc of history bending toward justice. And no, despotic regimes don't necessarily moderate over time because it's not true that what they really want is not power, is not conquest, is not victory, is not to destroy their enemies. What they really want is the best darn single-payer health care plan in North Asia or the Middle East. Mm. Or, or other mm-hmm. parts of the world. That's not. That's just not the real world we're, we're we're dealing with. So first of all, I think you need to give President Trump a lot of credit that he recognizes that this is a crisis that he needs to attempt to solve it. He needs to attempt to solve it if he possibly can, with the least possible harm coming to anybody. Uh, and that means if he can negotiate it diplomatically, terrific. That's good. I don't think it's possible unless he can persuade. Kim Jong-un, or unless Kim Jong-un is already persuaded that the nuclear weapons that he has been developing are actually a threat to his existence and that of his regime rather than a a means to strengthen it. Uh, President Trump can make that case to him to say, we're not going to let you do this. We're going to use whatever means we have. If you don't think we have the means to stop you, I guess... Then we'll just have to we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to see, as President Trump mm. likes to say. We're going to take a break. Come back with more, much more to talk about with an expert on these matters, Cliff May, president and founder and president. As a matter of fact, of a great organization, I highly recommend them as a resource. DefendDemocracy.org. DefendDemocracy.org, and also uh, he is the foreign desk correspondent with the Washington Times at thewashingtontimes.com. Stay with us. We have more. Hey, this is Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. And right now, your gift of $60 provides enough ready-to-use therapeutic food, enough plumping nut, 
and medicine to save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We've been talking about this for several days now, and we just have a little bit of time left to meet the goal of saving 150 kids. The number is 888-884-4836. I was on the air not so long ago, actually in Seattle. Seattle is not known for being the bastion of uh, Christianity. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's like the uh, West Coast version of Boston. I mean, it's just it's just not uh, a place that the churches thrive. And yet there, I had a woman call and say, I want to do this for 100 kids, a $6,000 one-time gift. We do need a game changer, I must say. We want to be able to thank you by first name and by city. So whether you're going to do $60 or $600 or $6,000 or more or less, the good news is it's going to be matched dollar for dollar. And we're waiting for your call right now at 888-884-4836. Well, again, that number is 888-884-4836. Let's talk faith.com. Uh, is the website you can go to and click the Save the Children banner. And right now, would you call 888-884-4836? Maybe there's somebody right now, you would make a leadership gift of um, of $600, and that would draw us so very closely. We're, we're, I'm telling you, we're, we're right there. Scott's over there kind of calculating everything. 13 more, 13 down to a, 13 would be $780. 13 kids right now would be $780. And listen, I could sit here and break it down with an abacus into all type of monthly and bi-monthly gifts and ways to do it. However you choose to do it, need somebody to do it. I, you know, listen, if you just want to make that one-time gift of $60, we welcome that and we're blessed by need that. But I really truly do believe Scott, that there's somebody that's been listening. They listened yesterday. They've listened today. God's been tapping at their heart and just kind of, you know, nudging them the whole time. And they, you just kind of get in that place. You're like, oh, you know, a little later, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it happen. You can make it happen. I mean, you can. You know, really you can. There are families, they'll put a whole vacation on a credit card Mm -hmm. and hope that by the end of the year they pay for Mm -hmm. it. We live in just a stone's throw of Disney World, and I know, and I've met people, where'd you come from? Mm -hmm. I came down from, you know, Dakota. We come here every year. And, you know, you know they put three, $4,000 in that credit card at the beginning of the year to book it, and then they kind of figured it out. And I just know that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I know there's somebody listening right now, you know you could make that gift, and you could either write the check and it'd be done or put it on your debit card, or you could just find a way to figure it out. You just figure it out. And I want you to, I just want to encourage you right now, God's been speaking to you, when you think of these children, when you think about what they're experiencing, when you think about how they're really at the door of death. When, when, you know, Scott told us last hour that one of the kids he met over there said, well, if I grow up, I'd like to be my grandfather. When you're living in a state where you don't assume that you're going to grow up, that's a bad place to be. But we can rescue. We can help save the children on the ground right now in very difficult places, providing Plumpy Nut, providing this therapeutic food for children really on the brink of death. Your $60 gift saves one of these children. So I need you to call right now. And don't worry about figuring it out till later. You'll figure it out. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com.
Don Crow, today's guest host for Bill Bunkley, returns in just a moment. Maybe you've always wanted to experience the Holy Land. Why not experience it with Tony and Lois Evans? Imagine being baptized in the Jordan River. Visit Jerusalem, where every stone pathway leads you through the life of Christ. Experience Israel with Tony and Lois Evans. For details, visit letstalkfaith.com. Continuing our conversation with Cliff May, president of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and foreign correspondent... uh, I actually, he writes for the Foreign Desk at the Washington Times. Uh, we're talking about his column, a uh, recent one at Washington Times, pushing North Korea and Iran to the brink. And, uh, of course, I want to talk more in a moment about the upcoming, uh, just hours away now, uh, summit meeting uh, with President Trump and the North Korean leader, Cliff. But before then, uh, what kinds of pressure are available to Iran uh, contra uh, what the president has already threatened North Korea. I mean, he's le- he's left no uncertain terms uh, over the past few months that we will not hesitate to take North, uh, North Korea out, literally, uh, if it comes to that. But uh, what's the situation there as compared to Iran or vice versa? In both cases, you have economies that are that are weak, and you have economies that the U.S. can have tremendous influence over. And when I say that, President Trump has talked about a maximum pressure campaign vis-a-vis North Korea, and he and and Secretary Pompeo have talked about unprecedented economic pressure on Iran. We don't have those policies in place right now, but that's where we are heading in both cases if we do not get a very substantial change of behavior. We think – now, again – just to be clear, President Trump, leading up to the the current summit in uh, that's taking place in Singapore, said, "I don't want to talk about a uh, maximum pressure." I, he was try- I think he, I think he was trying to get the atmospherics right. Say, "I hope I'm going to walk in and we're going to like each other and we're going to do fine and we're going to come to agreement without that." But what we can do is we can put enormous pressure on these economies. We can do that with sanctions. People think, oh, we had sanctions on Cuba. It never did anything. That's like saying, you know, you can be bit by a rattlesnake, you can be bit by a mosquito, and you can be bit by uh, by a lion. These are very different things. Maximum pressure means really bringing these economies to their knees. Now, if you have that, and if you also have behind that the credible threat of, of use of military force, if they understand that this president might actually use the enormous power that the U.S. has. And under President Obama, I think that was not a possibility that any, that certainly Iran or North Korea gave, gave serious consideration to. They thought, no, they'll, they'll never do that. I don't have to worry about that. They're more worried than I am. In this case, if you have the economic pressure, if you have the threat of military pressure, uh, it, then you have a possibility that they say, in order to survive, in order for my regime to survive, I'm going to have to make some concessions. We have an example of this working, actually. Going, leading up to the first negotiations in 2013 with Iran, we did have serious economic pressure, mostly thanks to Congress. President Obama didn't want it. He went along with it and later took credit for it. But once he got an interim agreement in 2013, he relieved the pressure. The economy of Iran went from recession into recovery, and he never after that got another concession out of the Iranians. And in 2015, he concluded his JCPOA, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, and at that point tried to give everything he could and more than he was acknowledging, as you may know, to the Iranians. Um, but their economy is still bad for a lot of reasons. And right now the sanctions that the U.S. has threatened to impo- reimpose and is likely to reimpose 
has stopped a lot of business, even the business that the Europeans would like to have with Iran, because they don't. Because if the choice is you can do business with Iran or you can do business with the United States, you can't do both. It's a pretty easy choice for any businessman to make. And that was my last, my next question, and that is whether the other countries, European countries and others, would respect or would at least honor uh, any kind of maximum pressure, economic pressure on these countries. And you're saying uh, it's in their best interests, uh, if for no other reason, it's a pragmatic decision on their part. Yeah, because these countries have businesses and these businesses are independent. And as much as the politicians may say, I think we should go ahead and do business with Iran, when you're a bank or when you're a car company or when you're an oil exploration company and you know you're going to be cut off from the U.S. market, you at that point can say to the politicians and will, I'm just not going to do this. I have have too many interests in the United States now that I cannot put at risk. And I should tell you as well that the Saudis and perhaps 10 other uh, Arab countries – Um, are also saying to the Europeans, by the way, not only can't you do business with the U.S. if you do business with Iran, but you can't do business with us. Keep that in mind. At a certain point, there's a logic to to being a businessman, and you know where your interests lie, whether or not you agree politically. And the the officials of the European Union, Federico Mogherini, the, the, the sort of foreign minister of the European Union, can say what she wants. The businesses are not taking orders from her either. Uh, one of his numerous tweets from Singapore so far, this one I uh, read about 2.45 this afternoon, our time. Kim Summit is happening at Real Donald Trump, is writing history as the first and only president to come and negotiate with North Korea. May God bless this meeting and become successful for world peace and the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Uh, hashtag uh, Trump uh, Kim Summit, hashtag Trump 2020. Uh, this president uh, loves those tweets, and the worst, uh, whether people loathe them or like them, they listen to them. Uh, what's your assessment of uh, where this thing uh, may well start out? What do you think well, the I, atmosphere is going to be? Look, here's the fear. The only fear I have is that I hope President Trump considers this a negotiation like others he has done in the past. And if he sees that a good deal can't be done, then he walks away from it and begins to do the, the tough things that need to be done. He needs to make Kim Jong-un uh, an offer he cannot refuse, and an offer he cannot refuse because, it, it, because yes, good things happen if he, if he can make a deal and denuclearize, but terrible things happen if not. What, he should, what you, you don't want President Trump to do, and I hope he will not, I think he's smart enough not to, is make the same mistake that President Obama made. President Obama started off by saying, don't worry. Um, uh, I'd rather have no deal than a bad deal. In the end, he said, well, I'd rather have a bad deal than no deal. And I hope President Trump will have either a good deal or no deal and not accept a bad deal or anything that resembles one. We're going to come back for a couple of final minutes. And, uh, uh, Cliff, when we come back, you mentioned that the Syrian dictator Assad uh, is apparently reported uh, to be planning to visit uh, the North Korean dictator. I want to ask you what that's all about and what you see in that. Stay with us. We have more with Cliff May, president of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, foreign desk uh, correspondent for The Washington Times. Two websites, defenddemocracy.org and washingtontimes.com. Bill Carl here with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Thank you for joining us for just a few moments as we share more opportunities for you to save lives through Save the Children. When you call 888 888- 884-4836 and make your gift of $60 you save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition 
You can also click the Save the Children link at letstalkfaith.com to make that gift. And what are we talking about, really? Well, Save the Children, around for over 100 years, has been working in East Africa among famine victims. And they provide, it, it's kind of a funny name, they provide this ready-to-use therapeutic food called plumping it. It's peanut-based. It's kind of based on Nutella. And it really does bring kids back from the brink of death. Again, your $60 provides enough plumping nut and medicine to save a child who's starving. And Scott, I know that you've been there in Ethiopia and seen the miracle of plumping nut and seen the miracle of these kids. Take us inside that a little. It is to nutrition what penicillin was to medicine. And that's not just me. I mean, 60 Minutes talked about it as a miracle. And I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes very much, but they don't use the word miracle very often. Uh, It brings kids back, children back, babies back from the brink of uh, death. I mean, they're right on the doorstep. I mean, they they are the child you're thinking of right now. The child with uh, appears to be a skeleton uh, with skin draped over it. I mean, it, it really is stark to see when you see a mom holding her twin boys that are three months old, and she says, "I can no longer even nurse my kids. I don't have enough food for myself, and uh, mother's milk is the only way my kids uh, can survive." And they're suffering from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, today we have a chance to to be the safety net. We have a chance to be um, come together and do this thing uh, that really is ours to do. So I mean, we, you've been fortunate, blessed, lucky, whatever word you use, um, to be where you are, to live where you live. Not not just to be born where you've been born, but to be born when you've been born. And we're so thankful to be in a position to be able to do good for others, not to have to rely on the government and other agencies to make this happen. Save the Children is a nonprofit that I know personally at our house, Missy and I give to every year, and we want to encourage you to as well. In fact, Save the Children works here in the United States of America. I spent a good chunk of time last fall in uh, rural Tennessee among Save the Children uh, folks who have been blessed through this ministry, and I hope you'll step in right now. Again, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We're counting down 105 kids to go. Would you call right now? 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith. And I'll tell you this as well. We've had a generous donor step forward who over the next month has said, look, for every gift that your listeners make to save the children, I'll double it. So if you make that gift of $60, it becomes $120, so on and so forth. And maybe right now you'd say, Bill Scott, I'll do a leadership gift of $600. That would take care of 10 children saving their lives. And with those matching dollars, would add another 10 children to the list of those who've been impacted through Save the Children and through your kindness. So again, I would encourage you to go to the phone right now. Here's the number, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or again, click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Together, we can save lives with Save the Children. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Bill Carl here, Don Crow. Today's host for the Bill Bunkley Show returns in a moment. In the meantime, this reminder, private Christian schools in the Tampa Bay area are already enrolling for next year. If you're considering enrolling your student for the very first time, first go to our website, christiantuitions.com. Half off your first year's tuition at the area's best Christian schools, christiantuitions.com.
few more minutes of conversation with Cliff May of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Uh, and Cliff, in your column that I referenced earlier, uh, which is in the Washington Times, June 5th, I believe it was posted, uh, you note that uh, the Syrian dictator Assad is reportedly planning to pay a visit to Mr. Kim. What might we make out of that? And uh, more to the point, what can you tell us about that relationship between those two and their governments? It's a long-time nefarious relationship. Uh, Assad and Kim have worked together on weapons of mass destruction programs, uh, nuclear but also chemical, also probably biological, uh, at least since 2007. At that point, North Korea built a nuclear reactor in Syria. Israel destroyed it eventually. Uh, in addition, there's a U.N. panel of experts that earlier this year uh, detailed that North Korea and Assad of Syria were cooperating on chemical weapons and ballistic missiles. And I think this is a problem, and it's one that I think Trump may have to to to, to bring up. Uh, there are other things he must bring up. I, I look, oh, the overall conclusion, I, I just want to make sure I, I say clearly, that at this meeting, Trump and Kim are going to be testing each other. Trump thinks he's a skilled negotiator, and he has the better cards to play, and I think he's right. But Kim thinks his family has a long history of successfully bluffing American negotiators and walking away from the table with most of the chips. And that's true, too. So as Trump likes to say, we'll see what happens. And sadly, on that latter point, uh, that's a history that could have been avoided. Uh, I'm thinking now of uh, any number of visits we were privileged to have with John Bolton uh, over the years on this show. And he, among others, saying this is something that needs to be dealt with now. And uh, time and again, it kept being put off or uh, negotiated in ways that were not in the best interest of the world at large or America. And yet here we are today having to live with those consequences. Yes, that's exactly right. All this would have been avoidable. All this could have been much e- would have been much easier to deal with earlier. Good statesmen do not let these kinds of problems fester and metastasize and become as bad as they have come, as this one has become. This is extraordinarily dangerous right now because Kim does have nuclear weapons. He does have missiles that can reach the United States. He may be very close to putting those two things together and being able to target anywhere. And by the way, another subject for another day, all this time, over all these years, we could have been developing a comprehensive uh, nuclear uh, missile defense system for this country and for elsewhere as well, and we haven't been doing it. We need to talk about that. You're right. Another time soon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Cliff May, Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Foreign Desk uh, columnist for The Washington Times. Two websites worth your checking out, defenddemocracy.org and washingtontimes.com. Again, our thanks to the Bill Bunkley Show audience for sharing the day with us, 570 AM, 910 AM, 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. We have another hour straight ahead. strength between Sundays. You have to be mindful. When you get hooked up with the devil, it's not going to work out. You're not going to get away with it. But John 10, 10 says, he came to steal, kill, and destroy you. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. 
How might the Trump-Kim summit play out? Hours before the highly anticipated meeting, President Trump said he thinks things can work out very nicely. But even he's been lowering expectations after suggesting they could end up with a nuclear deal. Analyst Benjamin Friedman at the conservative-leaning think tank Defense Priorities says the bar here is actually pretty low. Success would be probably a summit that doesn't end uh, in acrimony and that leads to further negotiations uh, towards some sort of disarmament deal. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the aim is to set conditions for more talks. An aide says the president and Kim will meet one-on-one for up to two hours before being joined by others. Sagar Magani, Washington. A pair of polls suggest news consumers want more of what reporters want to report. The Media Insight Project conducted two surveys. One asked journalists about what their jobs should be. One asked readers and listeners what they want from journalism. Amid relentless attacks on the press, 44% of Americans said their trust in the media has declined in the last year. Nearly three out of four journalists felt public trust has declined. Both the public and journalists feel the news should include more information about sources. Consumers and journalists say news stories should contain facts and put them in context. But where nearly all journalists see their role as a watchdog to the powerful, just over half the public feels that way. Warren Levinson, New York. The Supreme Court has ruled that states can target people who haven't cast ballots in two elections over four years and have not responded to a change in residence notice in efforts to purge their voting rolls. The case decided Monday has drawn wide attention amid stark partisan divisions in the approach of the 2018 elections. By a 5-4 to four vote that split the conservative and liberal justices, the court rejected arguments in a case from Ohio that the practice violates a federal law intended to increase the ranks of registered voters. More on these stories at townhall.com. If you have type 2 diabetes, then your doctor may have prescribed Invokana as part of your therapy. Now, patients across America are suffering from amputations of the leg, foot, and toes, while others have been suffering with kidney disease, ketoacidosis, stroke, and blood clots. Capital Legal's network of attorneys have negotiated settlements with Invokana on behalf of sufferers nationwide. Many blood clot patients have turned to the IVC filter to prevent blood clots from traveling to the lungs or brain, causing embolisms or stroke. You may not even know that the IVC filter has migrated and can cause complications. If you or anyone you know had an IVC filter procedure, then compensation may be available right now. Call Capital Legal at 800-425-HELP. Capital Legal has settled cases for patients in all 50 states, and we can open a no-obligation case review when you call 800-425-HELP or visit 800-425-HELP.com. Capital Legal does not receive fees unless you receive a cash settlement. Call 800-425-HELP. Call 800-425-HELP. An American teacher is being honored for highlighting a Polish Holocaust hero. Along with an American foundation, Poland's leaders are honoring Kansas history teacher Norman Conard, who produced a play about social worker and member of the wartime Polish resistance Irina Sendler in 1999. Sendler had risked her life to smuggle Jewish children out of the Warsaw Ghetto and even under torture had refused to reveal the identities of those she saved. Her story was largely unknown until Conard's intervention. Poland's culture ministry and the San Francisco-based Torb Philanthropies are presenting Conard with the 2018 Irina Sendler Memorial Award in Warsaw. Sendler died in 2008, age 98. I'm Charles de Ledesma. IHOP, which teased a name change to IHOB earlier this month, says the B is to promote its burger menu. The pancake chain has been coy about whether the name flip is permanent, saying Monday that it was for the time being. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. 
Bill Bunkley inviting you to join me and my family on an inspirational pilgrimage this November to Israel and Jordan. I've crafted with EDI Travel's renowned historian Boaz Shalgi an incredible itinerary. You'll visit Petra in Jordan, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, Masada, the Northern Golan Heights, the Lebanese border, Ascalon, plus Jerusalem's new U.S. Embassy. We'll share an Israeli dinner at Boaz's home. See this and much more for the all-inclusive credible price of $3,965. Join me, Tony, and Zach on this 10-day all-inclusive pilgrimage November 10th through 19th. As a faithful listener, you've likely heard of my current health challenges. I've been advised by my medical team to plan on leading this spectacular pilgrimage. So come join us. Call 813-515-1510 or check out our complete itinerary online at letstalkfaith.com. This hour is sponsored by EDI Travel. AVAFM Passport Auto Group Studios. It's the Don Crow Show on 105.1 FM WAVA. And also delighted to be sharing the show today with the Bill Bunkley audience on Faith Talk 570 AM, 910 AM, and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. The show is brought to you in part, by the way, by local expert Realty. Realtor Christy Moore promises she will sell your home in 58 days or she'll buy it. If you want to talk to her about it, here's the number, 866-404-5858. That's 866-404-5858. Or just go to soldin58.com on the web. That's soldin and the number 58.com. Fellowship Home Loans, Mortgage Lending Guided by Christian Principles. Their website is just that, fellowshiphomeloans.com. Toll-free number 1-800-804-SAVE. That's 1-800-804-7283. And joining me right now, Brian Sheely. Brian, we have all heard that the home prices are very high, and we're in what's known as a seller's market these days. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to sell their home and maybe buy a new one? That's a question we got a lot, Don, because people, uh, you know, people maybe starting out, families or growing families, or maybe their 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 kids are all growing up. Maybe want to upgrade or downsize, but now's the time to look into into that home. Maybe you want to get that additional bathroom, bedroom, or more square footage, or even downsize. But there's a lot more opportunities for people who own homes out there because you have that flexibility. As a homeowner, you're in the driver's seat with that newfound equity, more options for you on your end. Well, we lost the last part of that. I'm going to ask you to repeat that again because we really got broken up there. Uh, again, give us some advice for somebody looking to sell their home or buy a new one. I think with this newfound equity that people have, Don, people are really in the driver's seat, whether it's uh, consolidate their bills or maybe upgrade or downsize their home, depending on where they are in life. There's this newfound equity that people have that gives flexibility as homeowners. Hey, folks, if you want to talk more with Mike or Brian about it, here's the number, 1-800-804-SAVE. That's 1-800-804-7283, or just go to fellowshiphomeloans.com on the web. 
Now, a lot of folks got their mortgage maybe two, three, four years ago or so, probably did it at a very good, very low rate. Uh, but uh, so in that case, does it still make sense for folks like that to consider refinancing? Maybe they're looking at getting some cash out. They don't really know the best way to use that equity that they've been building. Yeah, a lot of people are sitting on these very good interest rates, but maybe higher interest rates on credit cards or installment loans. And with the equity, with this additional leverage that they have, just because you have a low rate on your first mortgage and maybe other bills, it's worth consolidating or getting that cash out to do the improvements you want to do. There's a lot more out there than just getting a lower rate on your first mortgage when there's so much more outstanding like home equity loans or credit cards. It's worth taking a look at in your situation to see what's best for you and your family because everyone's situation is different. It's not just one solution across the board that makes sense for everyone, but that's what we're here for at Fellowship, just to uh, take a look at your situation on a one-on-one basis. Uh, Could you go on to explain how, say, a 3.75% rate could actually be closer to 5% when you factor some other things in? Yeah, well, there's two things. It's really the the blended interest rate. When you think about other bills that may be out there, uh, you think about the higher rates that people are paying on credit cards and car loans, installment loans, but with PMI, you may have a, a three and a half or three point seven five, like you say, Don. But when you factor in that mortgage insurance you're paying on a monthly basis, that effective rate could really be you could be paying closer to five and a half, five and a quarter percent on your mortgage. So that three and a half or three point seven five isn't really doing much for you with that mortgage insurance in there that you can very possibly get rid of. And isn't it true uh, that it's very easy once the uh, mortgage insurance is put in place at the start of the mortgage, it's very easy to forget it. And years later, you've been paying all that when you could have done something to remove it. Well, just think about it. When you get that when you get that mortgage statement in the mail, a lot of people have that on auto deduction or auto pay or, you know, you never want to see it. You just write the check and you send it off. But really take a look at it and see what you're spending each month and how you can save by eliminating that mortgage insurance, getting getting additional money left in your pocket in your bank at the end of the day it adds up could be thousands of dollars at the end of the year all right when i pick that phone up and i call your phone 800-804-7283 what are some things that i need to have in place Uh, let's say i call and say hey i'm really thinking about rewriting my mortgage i do have one of those interest rates that's maybe two or three or four years old uh and it's not a it's not a bad rate at all but uh how can i do better what should they have ready for you you know, if you have your mortgage statement handy, that's helpful. But really just kind of maybe have an idea of what you may want to do. Maybe just to save money on a monthly basis or do those home improvements. We want to know what kind of home improvements you want to do. You know, it's more of just more than just numbers with us. It's developing that relationship and really figuring out, making it more personalized, one-on-one, and what fits your needs and what's best for you and your family. So just give it a call with, with, a, with a goal in mind and see if we can accomplish that together. Good to talk with you as always, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you. Ryan Sheely, he and Mike Rakeman, co-owners, co-founders of Fellowship Home Loans, mortgage lending guided by Christian principles. And I have a toll-free number for you as well as a website there. Website is fellowshiphomeloans.com, fellowshiphomeloans.com. Toll-free number is 1-800-804-SAVE. Again, that's 1-800-804-7283. Stay with us. We have more here on The Don Crow Show.
Hey, this is Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. And right now, your gift of $60 provides enough ready-to-use therapeutic food, enough plumping nut, and medicine to save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We've been talking about this for several days now, and we just have a little bit of time left to meet the goal of saving 150 kids. The number is 888-884-4836. I was on the air not so long ago, actually in Seattle. Seattle's not known for being the bastion of uh, Christianity. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's like the uh, West Coast version of Boston. I mean, it's just it's just not uh, a place that the churches thrive. And yet there, I had a woman call and say, I want to do this for 100 kids, a $6,000 one-time gift. We do need a game changer, I must say. We want to be able to thank you by first name and by city. So whether you're going to do $60 or $600 or $6,000 or more or less, the good news is it's going to be matched dollar for dollar, and we're waiting for your call right now at 888-884-4836. Well, again, that number is 888-884-4836. Let's talk faith.com. Uh, is the website you can go to and click the Save the Children banner. And right now, would you call 888-884-4836? Maybe there's somebody right now, you would make a leadership gift of um, of $600, and that would draw us so very closely. We're, we're, I'm telling you, we're, we're right there. Scott's over there kind of calculating everything. 13 more, 13 down to a, 13 would be $780. 13 kids right now would be $780. And listen, I could sit here and break it down with an abacus into all type of monthly and bi-monthly gifts and ways to do it. However you choose to do it, need somebody to do it. I, you know, listen, if you just want to make that one-time gift of $60, we welcome that and we're blessed by that. But I really, truly do believe, Scott, that there's somebody that's been listening. They listened yesterday. They've listened today. God's been tapping at their heart and just kind of, you know, nudging them the whole time. And they, you just kind of get in that place. You're like, you know, a little later, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it happen. You can make it happen. I mean, you can. You know, really you can. There are families, they'll put a whole vacation on a credit card mm-hmm. and hope that by the end of the year they pay for mm-hmm. it. We live in just a stone's throw of Disney World, and I know, and I've met people, where'd you come from? Mm-hmm. I came down from, you know, Dakota. We come here every year. And, you know, you know they put three, $4,000 in that credit card at the beginning of the year to book it, and then they kind of figured it out. And I just know that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I know there's somebody listening right now, you know you could make that gift, and you could either write the check and it'd be done or put it on your debit card, or you could just find a way to figure it out. You just figure it out. And I want you to, I just want to encourage you right now, God's been speaking to you, when you think of these children, when you think about what they're experiencing, when you think about how they're really at the door of death. When, when, you know, Scott told us last hour that one of the kids he met over there said, well, if I grow up, I'd like to be my grandfather. When you're living in a state where you don't assume that you're going to grow up, that's a bad place to be. But we can rescue. We can help save the children on the ground right now in very difficult places, providing Plumpy Nut, providing this therapeutic food for children really on the brink of death. Your $60 gift saves one of these children. So I need you to call right now. And don't worry about figuring it out till later. You'll figure it out. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith Tech. Bill Bunkley inviting you to join me and my family on an inspirational pilgrimage this November to Israel and Jordan. I've crafted with EDI Travel's renowned historian Boaz Shalgi an incredible itinerary. You'll visit Petra in Jordan, 
Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, Masada, the Northern Golan Heights, the Lebanese border, Ascalon, plus Jerusalem's new U.S. Embassy. We'll share an Israeli dinner at Boaz's home. See this and much more for the all-inclusive credible price of $3,965. Join me, Tony, and Zach on this 10-day all-inclusive pilgrimage November 10th through 19th. As a faithful listener, you've likely heard of my current health challenges. I've been advised by my medical team to plan on leading this spectacular pilgrimage. So come join us. Call 813-515-1510 or check out our complete itinerary online at letstalkfaith.com. Hey, this is Bill Carl, today's guest host for The Bill Bunkley Show. Don Crow returns in a moment. As Bill continues to take some time off for his health, we continue to pray for him, his wife Tony, and son Zach, and look forward to a full recovery. In fact, Bill's doctors have told him to plan on heading to Israel this November with EDI Travel. To learn more, click on Bill's page at letstalkfaith.com. on WAVA, also sharing the day with The Bill Bunkley Show audience on Faith Talk 570 AM. 9:10 a.m. and 102.1 FM in Tampa, Florida. But among the many heartbreaking stories of brutalities, killings, and kidnappings being carried out in Nigeria uh, by that uh, evil uh, force called Boko Haram, one is that of a young Chibok girl by the name of Dorka, still missing after being kidnapped four years ago. And especially painful today, I'll have my guest tell you why. I'm joined to talk more about this case with uh, Luanne Sabatier, who is the Director of Strategy and Communications with the 21st Century Wilberforce Initiative. Now, for those who don't know, this is a wonderful organization. Their stated mission is to create a world where religious freedom is recognized by nations across the globe as a fundamental human right. Luann, always good to talk with you and your colleagues. Take us, if you would, into some of the details of this young lady's desperate situation. Well, uh, good afternoon, Don. Um, yes, this is a, a young woman who um, I haven't met, but um, I do know her parents quite well, actually. Um, the situation is um, in t- uh, late Um, 2014, early 2015, in a secondary school in northern Nigeria um, called the Chibok, and it was in in a, it's called the Chibok School, and it is in in a a town, small town called Chibok. Um, Young women were um, finishing, preparing for a test, and um, what's really interesting to note is they had been advised uh, by their schoolmaster that if ever they saw someone come in a uniform not to run, that that would mean they were there to protect them. This particular day, um, some people approached, scaled a wall, a concrete wall, that were in uniform. So, of course, the 276 uh, uh, high school and, and uh, young women did not run, but it was Boko Haram in disguise. And so they captured all of them, uh, took, uh, rounded them up, uh, loaded them onto uh, trucks, flatbed trucks, and proceeded through, uh, abducted them and proceeded through a forest. There was no one guarding at the time, and we since know why. Um, 
but some of the couple of the girls escape. But you've, many of your listeners uh, may have heard, you know, so when they hear Chibok girls, uh, it's referring to that abdu- abduction. Um, and since that time, let me also say this is one of of hundreds of abductions that happen all the time. The reason the world knows about this is the mothers of these girls said enough and staged a protest, and it was loud enough to catch, at the time, Michelle Obama's attention and some people in Congress. But this is not a new occurrence, uh, sadly. So let's fast forward. Uh, About a year in, the the girls were still held. um, there was bring back the girls hashtags everywhere. Um, some congressmen went over, but nothing really happening. And um, a video was released by Boko Haram, and there was a young woman that was front and uh, that was in this video, and it happened to be Dorcas. Dorcas was the youngest of all the 276 girls. She was just turned 15 at the time, um, maybe 16, that they were. Um, kidnapped and Dorcas was there and they had obviously scripted her they Boko Haram and she was pleading parents please be patient but please encourage the government to cooperate with Boko Haram for our release so um, of course you can imagine the anguish of of uh, the mother Esther and, and her husband um, Dorcas was the oldest of their five children they were very close Dorcas went, went to be a professor she was very bright uh, um, um, doing quite well in school beautiful voice in the choir it just was gut-wrenching to see your child as the one even they were glad she was alive but she was the one that they put out there what happened, what they, behind the scenes, what Boko Haram was asking for actually happened. The Nigerian government negotiated, and I forget, it's a couple million dollars. So they actually paid for the ransom, but, but all of the girls were not released on, maybe 100 at the time. That then um, when Esther, the mother, saw that um, her daughter was there, she decided to go public. And, and Esther became known as one of the most vocal, not only in Nigeria but in the United States, parents advocating for the release. We brought her here. We happened to be in Nigeria six months after this happened, and and Esther and her husband came and spent, Congressman Wolf and myself and two others, and we spent two or three hours with the parents um, understanding what had happened, hearing the facts. And when we came back, we really felt perhaps that it was very dangerous, but we asked Esther, do you want to come with this guy to the United States? And it was quite difficult to get a visa, but brought her to the state. She testified before Congress. She um, uh, testified in disguise at the Heritage Foundation, which which we broadcast. And it was covered by Christian Broadcasting Network. And then, Don, she went to Houston's Church Without Walls, which is one of the largest um, um, uh, Nigerian diaspora African-American churches in America. And I, that Sunday, watched her, and she did not have her disguise on. And she said, and I texted her while she's on the stage, ready to speak and go broadcast nationwide. And she said, I am not hiding. And um, so she she pled for the release and asked for prayer of the, the American church, the church in the West. Um, so she went back home, and Boko Haram got angry and uh, that that there was this vocal. And so there was another uh, video that was released 
Dorcas was front and center again, but this time, Dawn, she had a black veil over her face, and she was holding an AK-47, and her message was, I do not want to come home, and rather, you need to repent and worship Allah. Mm. And um, that was two years ago. Um gut-wrenching for not only the parents, but everyone. Um, And um, since that time, uh, there have been another, um, I think, 100 girls released, again, uh, behind the scenes negotiating, but yeah, they had to pay to get them released. Where are we today? There are still about, I believe, 70 to 75 girls in captivity. Um, So it's been four years. And June 8th was Dorcas's 20th birthday. And um, I, got, I saw on Facebook, and Mary, Tuck, Mary the, excuse me, Mary was the pseudonym we used for her, but Esther um, texted me and said, Lou, you know it is Dorcas's birthday today. And um, I said, what would you have? I'm going to write about it for our alert and maybe speak to Don Crows. What would you have us say? And she said, all I can ask is please pray that um, for her protection and that she will be released. And uh, I, that's, that's all I can pray for. And so um, I noticed that today even she was on CNN. If you go to CNN.com, uh, they, uh, they covered uh, um, about and they interviewed her. And uh, I want, again, the world to remember her and the other girls in their prayers. And... Um, she said, you know, seeing my daughter standing with terrorists and ammunition around her neck is not easy for any mother. So why, why do I tell this story? Um, we often talk, not just because it's her birthday, but I want Dorcas's story to move people to engage. You know, persecution is, is beyond facts and numbers and and country reports and and we need that and we need sanctions but there are thousands and thousands of stories don just like dorcas and so on her birthday of course it's an opportunity because her parents are the most vocal out of all the 276 and dorcas was the one that boko haram put out there in both videos you know i ask your listeners to um Take a stand, and one of the things they can do, Don, is is send a letter of encouragement to the parents. And if they send it to 21 Wilberforce, if they even go to our website and just put a note on there or want to send it to our address, we will get that to them. Uh, um, just a note that we're praying for you um, or, you know, lifting you up and, and not forgetting. Um, so I, I, I just want to take this opportunity because it is emotional, but behind that emotion are hundreds of other girls and families, and behind that there are churches that are trying to stand strong. This is what we fight. It all comes down to, to stories of persecution and discrimination of families and individuals that are just trying to live their life and honor God. And um, they get caught up in, in the crossfires, you know? Yeah, I do. And I think uh, we as Christians uh, perhaps undersell our, our our own assets, if you will, because we say, well, I can't really do much in terms of the Nigerian government or Boko Haram. But I think we make a terrible mistake in realizing that the most powerful resource any of us has really is 
uh, intercession before God's throne, uh, prayer. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that we can change things through prayer that no human being can alter or can change. I know there's prayer going on right now for the summit uh, with North Korea. And right. Uh, right. Uh, I think that these are times in which we can make a much bigger difference than we realize with cases of this sort. This one uh, among the, some of the latest that you and I and your colleagues have been talking about lately. Right. And, and you know, one of the things, remembering even, um, you know, I'll share something that her mother said. You know, she was, a, she was a member of the choir in Chibok and in their church. And she said, Dorcas loved to sing. So her mother said, at times when I get down, um, and I used to hear her sing, anytime I want to recall her to my soul, I sing songs that she used to sing. Mm. And um, and so I think I think absolutely prayer is the first and for, foremost thing they will ask for and that we need to do, and, and intentional. And the intentional is not just for such solutions to be resolved, um, because, but sometimes they are not resolved or it's very long term. And so not only for Dorcas, but for that family to, to have the endurance uh, and the pain mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, they, 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 they don't relish being a poster child. And let me just say, their life is in grave danger still, okay, because they spoke out and, and they are not always protected. Um, so it took tremendous, not only are they dealing with their loss, but the courage to speak out and say, I don't care what may happen to me. I cannot sit silent. And um, so, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for your platform and uh, of the radio and your show and your listeners. And, um, you know, I want this to not be story hour. I want it to be a hope and a prayer that that the best thing I can say, you know, could say is just that someone heard something and they were triggered, as you said, to put that in their daily, daily devotions um, and also to write a note of encouragement. And I assume on that they can just write uh, the note addressed to Esther or Esther Yakubu, is yes, that right? Yes, and we will get it to them. If they just go on at uh, 21wilberforce.org or if they go to send an email, info at 21wilberforce.org, attach a letter or email it or even just a thought, I'm praying for you, here's my name. If it's hundreds, if it's thousands, we will collect those and we will send them to Esther's, uh, Esther and her husband. Let's do it, folks. Let's do it together. 21wilberforce.org, info at wilberforce.org. Esther Yakubu is the name you can use. And uh, above all, put that name on your prayer list, as I know many of you are going to do. God bless you. We'll be back with more in a moment. Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Thank you for joining us for just a few moments as we share more opportunities for you to save lives through Save the Children. When you call 888-884-4836 and make your gift of $60, you save a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. You can also click the Save the Children link at letstalkfaith.com to make that gift. And what are we talking about, really? Well, Save the Children, around for over 100 years, has been working in East Africa among famine victims. And they provide, uh, it's kind of a funny name, they provide this ready-to-use therapeutic food called plumping nut. It's peanut-based. It's kind of based on Nutella. And it really does bring kids back from the brink of death. Again, your $60 
provides enough plumping nut and medicine to save a child who's starving. And Scott, I know that you've been there in Ethiopia and seen the miracle of plumping nut and seen the miracle of these kids. Take us inside that a little. It is to nutrition what penicillin was to medicine. And that's not just me. I mean, 60 Minutes talked about it as a miracle. And I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes very much, but they don't use the word miracle very often. Uh, it brings kids back, children back, babies back from the brink of uh, death. I mean, they're right on the doorstep. I mean, they, they are the child you're thinking of right now. The child with uh, appears to be a skeleton uh, with skin draped over it. I mean, it, it really is stark to see. When you see a mom holding her twin boys that are three months old, and she says, I can no longer even nurse my kids. I don't have enough food for myself. And uh, mother's milk is the only way my kids uh, can survive. And they're suffering from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, today, we have a chance to, to be the safety net. We have a chance to be um, come together and do this thing uh, that really is ours to do. So, I mean, we, you've been fortunate, blessed, lucky, whatever word you use, um, to be where you are, to live where you live. Not, not just to be born where you've been born, but to be born when you've been born. And we're so thankful to be in a position to be able to do good for others, not to have to rely on the government and other agencies to make this happen. Save the Children is a nonprofit that I know personally at our house, Missy and I give to every year, and we want to encourage you to as well. In fact, Save the Children works here in the United States of America. I spent a good chunk of time last fall in uh, rural Tennessee among Save the Children uh, folks who have been blessed through this ministry, and I hope you'll step in right now. Again, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. We're counting down 105 kids to go. Would you call right now? 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or click the Save the Children banner at Let's Talk Faith. Com. And I'll tell you this as well. We've had a generous donor step forward who over the next month has said, look, for every gift that your listeners make to save the children, I'll double it. So if you make that gift of $60, it becomes $120, so on and so forth. And maybe right now you'd say, Bill Scott, I'll do a leadership gift of $600. That would take care of 10 children saving their lives and with those matching dollars would add another 10 children to the list of those who have been impacted through Save the Children and through your kindness. So again, I'd encourage you to go to the phone right now. Here's the number, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or again, click the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Together, we can save lives with Save the Children. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. I'm Bill Carl, and today's guest host on The Bill Bunkley Show, Don Crow, returns in a moment. You know, if you're like me, you have a lot of apps on your phone you just don't use anymore. Why not delete one of them and make room for the Faith Talk app? It's free for your Apple or Android device, and it allows you to take Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1 with you wherever you go. Download the Faith Talk app today. Tampa, Florida. My guest right now is attorney Matt Staver, founder and president of Liberty Council. It is, by the way, an international nonprofit litigation, education, and policy organization that since 1989 has been dedicated to advancing religious freedom, sanctity of life, and the family, and does so by provi uh, providing pro bono assistance and representation on these and 
related topics. Many of you perhaps already have benefited from their outstanding services. I like to remind you that they really welcome your partnership and prayers, and you can join them, learn more about them at libertycouncil.com and lc.org. And for this visit, I've asked Matt to join me to talk about two different stories in the news. First, an Alabama case in which Liberty Council is engaged on behalf of an Alabama Supreme Court Justice, Tom Parker. And the second, a story out of California, where else? California Assembly Bill AB 2119, which I think is rightly being called an assault on foster children. So, Matt, always great to have you on the show. Take us first, if you would, to your case on behalf of the uh, Supreme Court Justice in Alabama. What's that all about, and uh, what are apparently is the very positive outcome you've seen? Well, it is a very positive outcome. In fact, we just got notice that the federal court has now approved this settlement, and that means that we will have a permanent injunction, meaning that the Alabama Judicial Inquiry Commission can no longer use these provisions to restrict speech of judges. And this began with Supreme Court Justice of Alabama, Tom Parker, going on a radio program talking about the U.S. Supreme Court's decision or opinion of five justices, as Chief Justice John Roberts said, five lawyers, regarding same-sex marriage. And he spoke about that. Well, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is headquartered right there across the street in Mobile uh, or in Alabama, right across from the Supreme Court, filed a complaint against him, a judicial ethics complaint. And the Judicial Inquiry Commission, we have learned, has been in league with the Southern Poverty Law Center for a number of years. They came after Chief Justice Roy Moore, and they were considering coming after Tom Parker. If they had filed a charge based on the SPLC complaint, then he would have been automatically removed from the U.S. Supreme Court. And if you remember, this was already when just Chief Justice Roy Moore was removed. So they wanted to remove not only the Chief Justice Roy Moore, but Tom Parker, because they are jurists who believe in the original intent of the Constitution. They wanted them off the bench. And what they claimed in uh, the complaint is that under the Alabama Judicial Ethics Code, that judges could not make any statement or comment regarding any case anywhere in the country that was pending. And so even if it was pending in another state, in this case the U.S. Supreme Court, had nothing to do with Alabama, and even though their comments could not have any effect on it at all, the rule in Alabama was judges could not comment. It was so broad that judges that in the evening want to teach law school students could not criticize or comment favorably or opposed to any case anywhere in the country because of that rule. So instead of us just waiting for the ax to fall on Justice Parker's neck, we filed a federal lawsuit alleging that this provision violated the First Amendment. It went through various court decisions, through the Court of Appeals, and finally to the lower court again, and we won that. And we got a preliminary ruling that said this violates the First Amendment. Now, as of today, that ruling is permanent. So thanks to the Southern Poverty Law Center, because they started this ball rolling, and they wanted to crush Justice Tom Parker. They wanted to remove him from the bench. We didn't just play defensive. We went on the offense, and we filed a federal lawsuit, and we won. And not only does Justice Tom Parker now have the right to free speech, but he has won that right for every judge at every level all over the state of Alabama. 
It is a huge victory, indeed. And as a matter of fact, your colleague, uh, Harry Meehat, uh, uh, said uh, the SPLC sinister plan has backfired spectacularly. And for folks who really still don't know how nefarious and how evil the SPLC is and probably has been from day one, give us a little uh, sort of history lesson and uh, insight into this very destructive organization. Well, this organization is about uh, almost $500 million a year. They've got uh, huge cash reserves. They've got cash reserves stuck in offshore banks in various parts around the world. Why you would want to do that as a nonprofit is beyond me, but you can draw your own conclusions. And what they do is they go after conservative, pro-family Christian organizations to literally destroy them, to absolutely, utterly destroy them. And they classify them under the false label of a hate group. Well, that false defamatory label ultimately resulted in 2012 of an attempted mass murder against the Family Research Council, which was called by the SPLC a hate group. And that person who attempted the mass murder is now in federal prison for many years. Also, there is some connection with the shooting last year in Washington, D.C. during the Republican baseball game. Because the guy who attempted to commit mass murder there, well, he was a follower of the SPLC, and the SPLC issued a false story about Representative Scalise, who was seriously injured, that he was a white supremacist. Of course, that was not true. This is the organization that literally, in their own words, is out to utterly, completely destroy groups like Liberty Council or any other person that is conservative in their political view or pro-family, pro-marriage, pro-life or Christian, and they are relentless in their attempt to censor. They're also the group that is working with Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube to censor these organizations and any kind of speech they don't like from the Internet and from these social media giants. So they tried to come after Associate Justice Tom Parker and they failed spectacularly. What they attempted for evil was turned around for good, and this is a lasting opinion and a lasting uh, victory for the First Amendment. Moreover, uh, this uh, settlement came down just on the eve of the primary where he was running for chief justice, and so he won that primary last week, uh, and he now goes to a general election, Tom Parker does, In Alabama, you run for the seat of justice or you run for the seat of chief justice. And now as a sitting justice, he is running for the seat of the chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. This is why SPLC wanted to remove him. They don't like anyone who's going to respect the Constitution. They want someone who will tear it up and invent it in their own liberal radical thinking. Well, Tom Parker was completely opposite of that. That's why they wanted to destroy him, but they spectacularly failed. Folks, I'm sure we're going to talk more with Matt about some other issues as well, California, for example. But uh, this is, a, am sure, a breath of fresh air, if you will, a refreshing piece of news to hear. And uh, your prayers and your faithfulness. Uh, remember, Liberty Council helped in this case, and that's why I so often encourage you. They need your prayers and they need your financial partnership as well. We'll mention that again as we close up the conversation later on. Stay with us. We have more. I'm Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Imagine a child so weakened from malnutrition, so 
near the brink of death with starvation, that they cannot cry out for their mother's milk, that they cannot turn their head to receive food, they cannot even move, that their body literally is shutting down from hunger. That's really what's happening in so many parts of the world. And thank God for Save the Children stepping in, providing ready-to-use therapeutic food and medicines for these children. Uh, you can be a part of that right now. When you call 888-884-4836, your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, Scott Wilder joins us from Save the Children. Scott, we've talked about the before. Tell us a little bit about the after, after these kids receive this life-giving treatment. Uh, the, the after is light, and it's life, and it's a plump child, a happy child, a healthy child, like every child should be. I mean, that, that is what your money does today. And I know it's easy for stuff to wash over us. There's stuff that happens here in the news, and it washes over me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to shake myself to sort of shake me to wake me again. And, and I don't want this to ever wash over us. We, we are really talking about life and death. We're talking about a child that before, as we talked about, the child is uh, almost skeletal remains. No light, no life in her eyes. Uh, can't hold her head up from her mother's arms because her neck is so weak. Uh, as you said yesterday, rightly, uh, does not have the energy even to make noise, to cry. Cry would be a step up mm-hmm. because it would mean energy. And so today, you know, the after, the plumpy nut, uh, is, is a life changer. It is a life saver. And that's what you're doing today when you call the number. You're providing life to a child who otherwise, and we say child, it really is largely children of the age of two. Uh, you know, the, the first big hurdle in that part of the world is a healthy birth. And lots of babies die in childbirth. I remember being on the road with a guy who was an interpreter. He's an educated guy. He's been to college, been to university, uh, worked for the for the uh, consulate there and was an interpreter. And we was talking to him over at a dinner uh, about his life and his family. I said, tell me about how you grew up. And he was talking to me about it. And he said, my mother had eight kids. And so he, he goes on to talk. And I said, wow. I said, you grew up with eight kids in your family. He said, no, I grew up with four kids in my family. Three of them died in wow. childbirth. And one died of malnutrition before the age of two. Isn't it interesting, the things that we assume? You know, we are so blessed here in the United States of America that for a family near us to lose a child, it is a tragedy that many of us cannot even comprehend. And yet it is the day in and day out for so many of these children in places like Ethiopia, which is still trying to recover from the effects of a historic drought that uh, caused so much devastation, so much starvation, and so much pain. Your gift right now of $60 to save the children provides ready-to-use therapeutic food, plumping nut, for one of these children, literally bringing them back from the brink of death due to severe acute malnutrition. So far, we've saved 45 kids. We have 105 more we'd like to speak to. And right now, every dollar you give is doubled through the generous matching gift of a donor uh, who said, I'll step up, I'll match these gifts. So this really is the time to call. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. You can also help by clicking the Save the Children banner at letstalkfaith.com. Let's make that gift today. Let's save a life today. You can do it by joining us and Scott Wilder and our friends at Save the Children. 888-884-4836. 
Today's guest host for the Bill Bunkley Show, Don Crow, returns in a moment. I'm Bill Carl, and you know the Holy Land is not the only place that you can find inspiration in your travels. July 31st through August 12th, join the Reformation Tour and River Cruise with Alistair Begg. You can stand before the doors of the Wittenberg Church, where Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses. Details at letstalkfaith.com. Don Crow Show on WAVA, uh, continuing our conversation with Matt Staver, president of Liberty Council. Their website's lc.org, libertycouncil.com. California Bill AB 2119, uh, Matt says, is nothing short of state-sanctioned medical experimentation on the most vulnerable children. Dangerous law that ought to be rejected. Uh, Matt, take us to California. Seems this sort of thing comes out of California increasingly. What's this one all about? Yeah, it hasn't passed yet fully, but it's going to the Senate Human Services Committee tomorrow, in fact. And this bill will force puberty-blocking drugs and, quote, sex change, close quote, operations on foster children. It mandates that foster children with what's called gender dysphoria, which means essentially gender confusion, can be treated only, only with puberty-blocking drugs sex change operation, which is invasive plastic surgery and hormones, and counseling that affirms their gender confusion. It will prohibit foster children and the foster parents from giving any counsel that maybe they're confused, that, you know, they are a boy, so let's talk about the fact that you are a boy and how do you identify as a boy rather than trying to pretend that you're a girl. If you don't agree to this kind of nonsense, then you can't be foster parents anymore. And when you have a child, it, it's so heartbreaking to have a child, say, in your home. You know that they've gone through maybe even sexual abuse. Some of these have gone through horrendous situations uh, through the foster care system by the time they get there. And a boy is confused and wants to act out to be a girl, which, by the way, uh, any time we have young children like this, even all the way up through adolescence, that have gender confusion, a boy wants to identify as a girl. A girl wants to do things like a boy. Almost all the time, 90% that just simply spontaneously goes away without any counseling or intervention. That's what the research shows. But instead of, of working with this child, you've got to either give them counseling that says, no, you really just got to get used to the fact that uh, someone said that you were a boy, but you're really a girl. They made a mistake when they said that you were a boy. Not, don't worry about your you know, your uh, anatomy. Uh, don't worry about that. You can identify as something else. Or give them puberty-blocking drugs, which can cause and will cause sterility. In other words, give them drugs so that boys don't produce testosterone, girls don't produce estrogen. And then you give them invasive plastic surgery and hormones of the opposite sex. This is child abuse. And uh, but it's being fostered, uh, foisted on the foster children and the foster parents. As a matter of fact, uh, right in the middle of your column on it, you say, therefore, according to this bill, AB two one one nine, no counselor, parent, foster parent, or social worker can tell a confused little boy that he is a boy, or a confused little girl that in fact she is a girl. They cannot say anything like that, right? That's right. And, you know, medical research has verified that gender dysphoria is a psychological issue. It's a pu- and, and then using puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgeries are not the answer. 
uh, they're contraindicated. Uh, 41% of uh, transgender people, people that say that they want to identify as the opposite and actually have gone through the surgery, if you will, to do plastic surgery, 41% have attempted suicide or committed suicide. It's 25 times higher than the rate for the general population. So going through these crazy invasive procedures rather than working on the underlying causes from a psychological and a personal hurt standpoint actually compounds the confusion, compounds the problem, and now they're going to force this on already damaged children, children that are in the foster care system because something happened in their family structure that broke down, and that's why they're there. Some of them have been sexually abused. Some of them have been abused by parents. They're already struggling with various kinds of issues. Now you're going to even further confuse them uh, by affirming a lie that a boy is really a girl and a girl is really a boy and you ought to just get used to it because there's no turning back. I mean, that, that, that is child abuse. I want to come back for a couple of more minutes uh, uh, and a couple of questions further, uh, Matt. We're talking with Matt Staver from Liberty Council. And again, as I always recommend, if you want just to uh, get good resource on some of these issues, this is one of the places where you can get it, lc.org, libertycouncil.com. And, of course, they need your prayers and your partnership as well. So check it out. We'll be back to wrap up the hour in a moment. I'm Bill Carl, along with Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Imagine a child so weakened from malnutrition, so near the brink of death with starvation, that they cannot cry out for their mother's milk. They cannot turn their head to receive food. They cannot even move, uh, that their body literally is shutting down from hunger. That's really what's happening in so many parts of the world. And thank God for Save the Children stepping in, providing ready-to-use therapeutic food and medicines for these children. Uh, You can be a part of that right now. You call 888-884-4836. Your gift of $60 saves a child on the brink of death from severe acute malnutrition. Uh, Scott Wilder joins us from Save the Children. Scott, we've talked about the before. Tell us a little bit about the after, after these kids receive this life-giving treatment. Uh, the, the after is light, and it's life, and it's a plump child, a happy child, a healthy child, like every child should be. I mean, that, that is what your money does today. And I know it's easy for stuff to wash over us. There's stuff that happens here in the news, and it washes over me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to shake myself to sort of shake me to wake me. Again, and, and I don't want this to ever wash over us. We, we are really talking about life and death. We're talking about a child that before, as we talked about, the child is uh, almost skeletal remains, no light, no life in her eyes, uh, can't hold her head up from her mother's arms because her neck is so weak. Uh, as you said yesterday, rightly, uh, does not have the energy even to make noise, to cry. Cry would be a step up mm-hmm. because it would mean energy. And so today, you know, the after, the plumpy nut, uh, is, is a life changer. It is a life saver. And that's what you're doing today when you call the number. You're providing life to a child who otherwise, and we say child, it really is largely children of the age of two. Uh, you know, the, the first big hurdle in that part of the world is a healthy birth. Mm-hmm. And lots of babies die in childbirth. I remember being on the road with a guy who was an interpreter. And he's an educated guy. He's been to college, been to university, uh, worked for the for the uh, consulate there and was an interpreter. And we was talking to him over at a dinner, 
about his life and his family. I said, tell me about how you grew up. And he was talking to me about it. And he said, my mother had eight kids. And so he goes on to talk. And I said, wow. I said, you grew up with eight kids in your family. He said, no, I grew up with four kids in my family. Three of them died in childbirth. And one died of malnutrition before the age of two. Isn't it interesting the things that we assume? You know, we are so blessed here in the United States of America that for a family near us to lose a child, it is a tragedy that many of us cannot even comprehend. And yet it is the day in and day out for so many of these children in places like Ethiopia, which is still trying to recover from the effects of a historic drought that uh, caused so much devastation, so much starvation and so much pain. Your gift right now of $60 to save the children provides ready-to-use therapeutic food, plumpy nut, for one of these children, literally bringing them back from the brink of death due to severe acute malnutrition. So far, we've saved 45 